We carry throughout our lives experiences, events, or accidents that change us as individuals in significant ways. Welcome to First Time Talks, a weekly podcast hosted by Luis Miron about first-time experiences. He'll have conversations with guests about life events and how they shape them. Maybe it's the first time they were bullied, rejected by an employer, or the loss of a loved one. We hope you can relate to these experiences and know you are not alone when dealing with the situations that will be discussed. In recent years, we have seen it in the news and seen our friends and families go through it. Racial tension has been at an all-time high in the United States. Many have gone out to protest social injustices even during a pandemic. In today's episode, Luis sat down with Sal Figueroa, a good friend from work who was willing to talk to him about his first encounter with racism. They talked about his experience being one of the first Latino families in his neighborhood and how it exposed them to microaggression and personal attacks. Sal was exposed to these situations at a young age, changing his view on the world after realizing how some see him. First off, I'm going to talk about Sal. Thank you for being here on the show. Absolutely. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Obviously, I know you, right? We're friends. We used to work together. But let the audience get to know you a little bit. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What should people know about Sal Figueroa? I'm a family man, first and first, foremost. Love my, my wife uh, and my three kids. I, um, uh, I love to work. I would say we still work for the same company, just at different different properties. Um, I love beer, as you know that. <laughs> beer snob, I would say. <laughs> yeah, beer snob, yeah. <laughs> um, and just, you know, just, I like uh, like playing basketball, watching all sports. I mean, soccer is not my favorite sport, but <laughs> that's, that's rare amongst us, right? <laughs> but definitely basketball is my favorite sport. And uh, I don't know, just, I, I like to live a real peaceful lifestyle, I would say. Yeah, um, obviously people don't can't see you, right? Because this is a podcast. Um, but describe your background, where you come from, uh, your family, both your dad and your mom's side. Okay, well, yeah, both of my parents are actually from Guanajuato. Uh, my mom's from Salvatierra. My dad is from Celaya. Uh, so he's a city boy. My mom was a country girl. <laughs> um, my grandmother moved to Tijuana. Uh, after she was widowed, my, when my grandfather, uh, my grandfather used to be a cop. Uh, and she was widowed at the age, age 26, I believe, with uh, her five kids, my mom and her and my, and my uncles. Uh, so anyways, she, she moved to Tijuana uh, because she was able to get more work over there. My mom followed her. And uh, somehow my dad also happened to follow my mom as well <laughs> over there. I was born in Tijuana. Uh, I came over to the United States when I was, I believe, three years old. So in 1977. And, you know, from there, I, I, I pretty much grew up in the West San Fernando Valley, I would say, most of my life. So you, you told me that you moved here when you were three years old, right? Right. So do you, obviously, you might not remember a lot, but talk to me a little bit about, like, you moving out here. What do you remember, like, the big changes or, like, if you didn't notice any changes at all? 
Well, I, I don't remember really much of from living in Mexico. I don't really don't. I just other than seeing some pictures, but moving out here, I, I, we lived in Sherman Oaks uh, when we first moved out here. Uh, in an apartment, apartment number eight. <laughs> for some reason, I remember that. Uh, then my parents moved to Tarzana. And uh, then we lived in Encino briefly. And then my parents bought the house that they still live in, in West Hills. So I, you know, pretty much just, you know, I went to uh, uh, Wilbur Avenue School, Portola Middle School, and then Taft High School. So I want to touch a little bit of, on that, right? So basically, you grew up here. You identify of, like, you know, living in the U.S., right? Even though you know what your background is and where you come from, you pretty much grew up in the U.S., right? I, yes, I did. Yes. So now I, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that, right? You know, their parents bring them over when they were young. They grew up in the U.S. Some of them might not even visit it where their parents been. So talk to me a little bit about, we, obviously, this episode is about racial abuse, you know, and you being uh, Mexican, I'm, I'm pretty sure you experienced a lot of it. So. Talk to me a little bit about that first time you experienced uh, racial abuse. Um, I would say it, it wasn't like from the email that I sent you. I, I, the one that I situation that I remember previously, I was riding my bike back from school. I, it was from middle school. And I, I don't know why my parents would let me ride my bike. <laughs> school was so far away. But anyways, <laughs> I was riding it back. We were, uh, uh, do you know where Lindley and Ventura Boulevard is that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was riding down Lindley or up Lindley, whatever, because uh, we lived on Burbank and Lindley. And I was riding on the sidewalk. And uh, this old man was an older, older white man. Um, uh, I guess I almost, I almost hit him. I, I don't remember, you know, if, if I was even that close to the guy. But anyways, he stopped me, you know, and. He, I don't remember all the conversation. The part that just kind of struck me was uh, he said, you know, are your parents and you here illegally? I'm going to call immigration on you guys. That was, I was probably what, I was in sixth grade. I, I, I remember that. I was, I was in sixth grade. And it's really the first time that I, that I felt something like that. How old were you when that happened? Let's say I was probably about 11 or 12. You were still kind of young, right? I was still young, but I think that was like really the first time that I, it's like, whoa, this actually does happen. <laughs> so you're saying that you, in your head, you said, whoa, this actually happens. So that means you've heard about things like that before. Yeah, well, I, w- I would, for some reason, my parents would allow me to watch uh, more mature television <laughs> shows, probably because they didn't speak very much English at the time. So <laughs> they didn't know what I was watching. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, I, and you would see, you know, you would see a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of shows, a lot of movies touch on racism uh, or race-related subjects. And, you know, this, this, you know, the fact that it actually happened to me was just kind of like, you know, it took me back. It took me back. And then I told my parents about it. And, you know, my dad typically he just kind of brushed that kind of stuff off, to be honest with you. And my mom was just like, you know typical Mexican mom of the time, you know, just like, yeah. nah. She was like, you know? don't worry about it, mijo, it's <laughs> Pretty okay. much, yeah, just like ignore it, nothing, that's like, that doesn't, that doesn't happen. How did you feel toward the guy? I, 
I actually felt kind of sad for him because he was an older man. And, you know, I mean, in spite of what people think of me, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm a very caring person. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, I just felt bad for the guy. I just felt bad for the guy. And like, well, you know, you know, you can call immigration if you wanted to. I'm like, I, you know, <laughs> at that point, it's like, what, what did I care? Yeah. So was he, does he, does he live that around you or he was just on the way to your house? He, I, I'm guessing he lived in one of the apartment complexes that were on the street. Okay. So he probably had seen you around. I'm guessing. Yes. 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 Cause I, I frequently rode my bike or walked up and down that street. Okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Maybe that's why he said that comment, but it's interesting, right? Like I always think that there's two sides, right? Like, I asked you, what did you feel about the guy? And how did you feel towards him? And you said sad, right? Obviously, I think that's a lot of people, when they experience racism, they can experience it. They can react to it differently. And, you know, some people will be sad by it. Some people will be afraid by it. Um, I want you to talk to me a little bit about the story um, that you told me previously about when you guys... Yeah, about your next door neighbor. Tell me the story about your next door neighbor. Kind of walk me to like the whole process and everything and how it all how it all everything started and scale based on time. Right. First of all, I don't remember her name. And I actually told my mom about our conversation that you and I, you know, about the email. And and she's like, she basically said, ¿Por qué te acuerdas de ella? No importa, ya, ya se murió. You know, typical still, you know. Yeah. So what she said was that just in case people don't know, um, she said, Why do you remember her? Uh she already she's already there, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like get her out of your mind, basically. And it's very my mom, you know, and well, we moved there in nineteen eighty eight. Like I said, we were the second uh Latino family in the in the neighborhood. Um Needless to say, we, you know, we weren't welcome with open arms. So, you know, some of the neighbors weren't too happy about it. Uh, her husband was a very nice man. He always treated us with respect and he ended up becoming actually one of my dad's better friends. So weird. Uh, everything was good with her at the beginning. And then as just time progressed, which is rather quickly, uh, she just, you know, you know, started just like making casual comments, like, you know, uh, I believe what she said, you know, why don't you go back to your country? Um, uh, she would put, I don't know why she did this. But she, I think I told you on email, she, she, uh, put, uh, uh, canned food, cans of food in my, in my dad's exhaust. <laughs> Cause my dad would go out and warm up the truck every month, every morning. Cause my dad's in construction. I, I'm not sure if you know that or not. So he would go out and warm up his truck every morning. Uh, he, Which is something that a lot of people do, like, in the Hispanic community. Right, exactly, exactly. And it's the 80s, so, the, you know. <laughs> they're, trying to, they're trying to make sure the car stays healthy. You know, you warm it up. You know. Exactly, exactly. So he would warm it up, and she would just always walk by, either put her uh, hands over her ears or make some kind of a snide comment. Uh, uh when it started getting a lot worse was when she, um, these bushes that my dad put up, it was, it was kind of used as a fence between, uh, 
between our our house and their house, basically separating our garages. Uh, she poisoned them. She actually poured some kind of acid on them, and it, and it, and it you know it killed mo- most of them, I would say. And uh, but my parents, you know, uh, they chose not to do anything about it. Obviously, they just, you know, the trees grew back, whatever. Uh, yeah, she just she, she was she wasn't she was not a nice lady. And it's funny, like when you asked me about how I felt about the other man that that made those racist comments towards me, I, you know, I felt sad for her. I, I I actually hated her, to be honest with you. I actually hated her probably because it was more more immediate and it was just there constantly. And in many ways, it made me not trust older white people for a long time. So that experience, um, the first time you experienced it with the old man, it was just more like of a, it just happened, you know, I guess it made you realize that those things do happen to people. But when you move to your new house and when your family was getting established on a neighborhood that was mostly white uh, families, that's when you realize that this is actually very serious. And I'm being affected directly because it's your next door neighbor, right? You guys are not going to move. You just bought a house. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so tell me a little bit, like, I before, before you keep going, obviously that was very impactful to you because you said it made me not trust white older people, right? But it's interesting because her husband was very kind to your parents after her death. And became one of your dad's very good friend. Yeah, not even after, like during. Like he was actually very. Uh, he was a good man. His name is Ed. His name was Ed. Uh, he actually recently passed away. I want to say about three years ago. Uh, he was. He was. He was a genuinely good man. Uh, but she just wasn't. She just. She unfortunately was a. You know, was a bit of a tyrant. I would say <laughs> in the neighborhood, but. She she definitely took it out on us. That's for sure. How how long did that impact it last? Like for you to trust um, older white uh, people, um, or is it still something that you were very uncomfortable with with dealing with other people? You know, because you are a lot older now compared to back in the day. I think uh, that experience kind of uh, it did impact me. I would say it impacted me in in a way that. Uh, Probably to this day, I still see an older white person. And I'm like, oh, what do they think? You know, what's going through their head? Yeah, <laughs> being completely honest. So, to people, to people that that say will listen to this, right, and be like, well, that that makes him racist against white old people. What would you say to people that think that? Uh, I have nothing but love for people, regardless of what their backgrounds are or political beliefs or mm. sexual orientation. I am, I don't hate anybody. I don't hate anybody. I am, I'm almost 50 years old. I'm too tired to hate anybody. <laughs> I would definitely say that's, that's part of it. That's part of it. Do you feel you're that way because you have experienced hatred by the way say, you Say, when I was younger, and even in my 20s, 
I was not comfortable in my own skin. I would say as I got older, I would say uh, after experiencing divorce and in my 30s and, and now I, I just, you know, I just felt comfortable in my own skin all of a sudden, you know, and uh, and definitely making the move out here to where I, you know, living in, living out here uh, and kind of just being away from, I would say, whatever may trigger a bad memory. It definitely helped. I think so. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, I feel like, and especially in today's times, you know, with everything happening in 2020, the way the country is, um, in a way divided, you know, I, I feel like might be a little bit even more worrisome for you, right? Because that was such a, like, experience that impacted your life and you still deal with to this day. Because like you said, I wonder what they're thinking, you know, and what they're really, more than anything, thinking about me, right? As you as a, a Mexican man, a Latino man, you know? Right, right. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it, it was, it was, it was, it was definitely, a, it definitely shaped me, made me more, more cautious, more cautious. I mean, I was really, I mean, believe it or not, I'm, I'm, I'm really an introvert. I'm not really <laughs> super social. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, you know, that made me, it made me more cautious of people. And uh, uh, for sure that. Uh, I feel that privileged, was, uh, so. <laughs> it was, it was, it, I hadn't, you're, when you, I remember when you posted that, the story on Instagram and I, I read it and I was like, it, I instantaneously thought of of uh, of my parents' neighbor. That just shows how much of an impact it was, you know, and and basically it's it's the whole thing about why I do this, right? Why I sit down and talk to people, um, because I want to make it known that there's some experiences that you are affected by them, but we not might be thinking about it because we know we're young, you know. But now you think back on it and you're like, oh, that changed me and shaped me in a certain way. So now let me let me ask you this, Sal. You know that story's changed you. You are the kind of like, in a way, a person that you are because of that. Um, when it comes to dealing with older white people, but now you have three kids, right? Is that something that you talk to your kids about about racism, race? You know, um, is that a topic that you bring up to your kids? Or I don't know if you let them watch the same kind of content that you were watching when you were younger, um, but because you were kind of like pre-exposed to it. So is is that a talk that you're having with your kids now to prepare them to to be ready for when that experience happened? Uh, it's kind of funny because George, my my youngest, uh, he we don't have directly. We talk to him about a lot of stuff. Uh, but we kind of allow him to make his own his own mind, and he sees our when he sees our current president. Uh, again, we don't tell him what to think one way or the other. He points at him and he goes, "That is not a good man." <laughs> so <laughs> I think he knows what the definition is. Yeah, so he knows the definition of a good and a, a good man and a bad man, right? R right, right. Um, my daughters, uh, they, 
they very much see it. They, 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 they don't know if they've experienced it themselves, but they very much see it because uh, my, my ex-wife uh, is white. And uh, when she got remarried, she married a, a very conservative, uh, when she got remarried, she married a very conservative uh, a white man that came from a very conservative uh, white family, you know? I, needless to say, they're Trump supporters. So, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, my older daughter uh, has told me uh, of the racist comments that he would make towards me but i'm like you know and obviously and and our kind i would say i'm like but didn't he realize that you're half mexican (laughs) you know like you have my last name i mean but you know it's it's again it's made me you know it's made me skeptical of, of of dealing with with uh with older types that's for sure that's for sure with the more conservative minded people right uh, more conservative-minded, but just in general, older, older white people. That's for sure. Okay, that's yeah. I mean, I can see that happening. Um, now, let me ask you a question. So, obviously, we, you know, we talked about how you know with your kids and everything, but if you were to talk to like younger Sal, right? If you were to talk to him and give him some advice to maybe not hate the lady, um, but to try to understand her, what would you tell him? I would tell him that uh, to understand that she grew up in a different time, in a time where uh, people were divided, they were segregated, and uh, that even at that time, the country was changing. And that just to try to, you know, I would basically tell him to try to ignore it. And just move on. There's there's more important things to worry about than uh, what some old lady thinks of you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, you, how long did you guys live there um, next, well, with your next door neighbors before she passed away that you guys had to keep dealing with that kind of like racial abuse? Oh, Lord. Um, I was already out of the house when she passed away. She didn't pass away till I was out of my parents' house. Uh, Lord, let me think. I'm going to say she passed away in 97, 98. And my parents went to her uh, ceremony. And uh, her husband, Ed, actually apologized to my parents for all, all the horrible things that she had said and done that day which which you know really uh showed you what a stand-up person he was the way the way uh ed was yeah because he 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 apologized to my parents for for the years of uh you know years of abuse that that they had to endure from her now your parents obviously lived there after you moved on and everything but did you ever talk to them about hey why not just move or why do we keep taking this kind of abuse because some people, like like you said, your parents, they take the abuse, they ignore it. We're better than that. Some people like to fight back. Some people like to just deal different ways. Did you ever talk to your parents about that? Our household was not structured that way, where my brother and I had would voice our concerns or our opinions to them. Uh, 
my mom certainly did. She would, you know, although she would tell us to ignore them, uh, she would tell my dad how much she hates, she hated that neighborhood and hated the house. But, but they never thought about like moving? No, no, that, that, I, I, it's safe to say that that is, uh, that house is the greatest achievement in my dad's life. So he was not going to let someone ruin that achievement just because the way he looked. No, absolutely not. No, that, that, that house is, you know, after my dad dies, which I hope it's not for a long time, if he could take that house with him, he would. <laughs> that is the greatest achievement that man has ever, has ever accomplished. How do, how does it make you feel that the greatest accomplished um, by your dad it's has its most stain because of what happened with the neighborhood and your neighbor? You know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really proud of my parents. I mean, they both came here. I'm, I mean, my dad was 21. My mom was 18. They came out here. They had absolutely nothing. And, you know, they, 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 and, you know, they built up, you know, everything from scratch and they have that house that's paid off. It's, uh, they're happily retired now. And, and I'm really happy for my parents. Um, as far as the house goes, you know, I, I always had a love hate relationship, not so much with the neighborhood, but with the house. And, uh, I definitely you know, people that were our neighbors had a lot to do with it. Uh, definitely shaped my uh i would say a lot of my upbringing and uh b believe it or not i mean it, it also growing up in a white neighborhood around all white people wasn't easy but also grow in the eyes of obviously because i was not white and you know the you know most of our neighbors were you know were white but also, I would say even in our own family, being that, well, obviously all my family's Mexican, right? None of my family lived around there. They all lived in, you know, whether it was the, the inner city or uh, East L.A. or wherever it may be. They looked, they looked at my brother and I differently. And b believe me, we, we did feel the impact of that. Do you feel that was because, like, you know, there's that saying, right, uh, in, this, in the Latino community, when someone moves to a better area, um, they're better, kind of like moving to a different class, right? Do you, because, so if you're a better class, you're going to think you're better than us, you know, we're not going to feel you welcome. Do you think that's what that was? You guys moved to a better area, you had your own house, your own space? Right. I, I, I would say so, yeah. I, I would say so. It, the irony is that, that uh, how, long, how long have you lived in the, in the States? I've been here for about 17 years. Okay. So a after the 94, 94 Northridge earthquake, which I'm sure you've heard about, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people left their houses. And all of a sudden, we, uh, like my parents' neighborhood is a great example, got an influx of, you know, a lot of different cultures moving in. Because of the earthquake. Yeah, because all, all the houses, all the housing became super cheap. Super, super cheap. And uh, 
ironically, I had a lot, a lot of relatives that did not, that did not live in the area that all of a sudden moved to Northridge, moved to uh, uh, North Hills or, you know, Granada Hills. And it's like, oh, I thought you guys didn't want to live out here because it was too uppity. You know? So in a way, in a way, in a way, do you feel that um, that in a way kind of brings like racism between your own culture and your own family? Um, I, I definitely felt it uh, when I was when I was uh, younger. Once they moved out here, that kind of changed or was it the same? I would say no, no, it, it definitely changed. It definitely changed because they started going to better schools, like cousins would start going to better schools and, you know, started integrating with different cultures. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would say so. I would say so. And now even a lot of them that have that are adults and have kids of their own, they still live in the area. So it was, uh, you know, it was unnecessary. I guess my parents were trailblazers in a, way, in a weird way. They were pioneers. Of right. Um, then let me ask you this out. Um, you know, we we have this awesome conversation that I that I believe is very important, and it's why I'm doing an episode on it. But why do you think it's important to talk about racism, not to ignore it, and for those people that keep spreading hate, to stop them from spreading? Um, it's important because it's something that does exist, whether it's in the workplace or just in in regular day to day life. You know, people are going to grow up with their beliefs. And beliefs are, are handed down from generation to generation. It's, it's up to the younger generations to hopefully break from those beliefs and uh, see people for what they are. Um, I, you know, I hope my son does not experience much of it. You know, he, he might, he might. Um, but uh, I, I would say that you know, stopping people that uh, <laughs> that spread hate, that's going to be tough. I mean, be, just being completely honest, that's going to be tough. It's not going to happen overnight. I think uh, you've been in, in this country long enough to understand that uh, this country moves at, at a very slow pace when it comes to change. It, it doesn't, nothing's going to happen overnight. Uh, President, Obama, President Obama said it best uh, last night, just because we had a, uh, uh, a black president it didn't mean that uh, doesn't mean that racism was going to stop, and the opportunities were going to be equal for all of us all of a sudden. That's that's just not the case. So it's just something that we have to just keep working on and uh, keep moving forward, and hopefully one day things will you know will level up for everybody. So I think it's interesting. You know, it's something that like you like you said, it's not going to happen overnight but we do have to make progress, right? So it's interesting. So the I like ending the show, Sal, with um, asking you or asking my, my guest to describe that experience that we talked about with one word. So if you can, if you can, if you can describe that experience of racial, racial abuse with one word, what would it be? And why? I would I would definitely say hatred. And why? I just, I she made me just not only hate her, but you know, possibly even be ashamed of who I was for a while. For a while, to be honest, 
yeah, it made me, you know, kind of ashamed to, to be thing. You know, again, I was a kid. I was a kid. Clearly, I'm not ashamed of it, you know, but, I, I, you know, it was, I looked different than everybody that lived there, you know? Well, I would say we, as my family and my grandmother, you know, my uncles, because, yeah, we were a typical Latino household, you know? <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it, it made us, like, it made me just like just question why, you know, why us? Why why did we have to go through this? So, but I think in the long run, it it really uh, it helped me understand people. As I got older, it helped me not hold on to uh, pettiness, regardless of what it was, whether it was racism or anything else. It just just kind of just like take it easy and move on and understand that you know not everyone's gonna like you, and that's okay. Follow us at First Time Talks on Instagram. Like us on Facebook to be notified and get sneak peeks on upcoming episodes. Till next time, first timers.